people welcome to another episode of my pretty amazing podcast where you get all your amazing information regarding movies tv shows and pop culture news my name is shania alexis and thank you guys for listening to another episode i'm so sorry as you can see i'm snickling i was just getting over a cold last week i felt completely drained and i just didn't want to record because i just felt like i sound crazy and i didn't think anyone would want to listen to that but now i'm much better and i just wanted to get this episode out for you guys i know i said i was talking about the devil um three um trailer Deadpool Wolverine which I'm going to do but also <laughs> I know why I said to you guys that we're also going to get the Mad Web trailer I mean trailer the um the Mad Web um movie me discussing it but I actually I'm going to see it later on today and guys don't get mad at me I know but I realized to myself that this movie is 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 trash I already seen the reviews of everything for it I already see saw Dakota Johnson basically just going on basically about how this movie sucks as well she fired her whole team after but we do have um i don't know if, um like other places live but i know in jersey in like places in jersey connecticut um cinemark or amc they do the five dollar movie tuesdays and i was like you know what because i'm bringing my little brother too and you know how kids are they want all the snacks and everything so i was like i'm, I'm gonna choose tuesday to watch this movie because i'm not gonna wait 60 dollars to watch a movie that i know is gonna be terrible so i just rather wait on tuesday and just watch it then because i just i did not feel like wasting all that money but we're gonna actually watch it later on today so i am going to have an episode out about that either um thursday or friday the weekend the latest so thank you guys again for listening you know i always appreciate the love and the listeners and you know that we just keep going this podcast i'm sorry this sniffling is getting all my nerves i apologize for that but i just want to discuss you know the devil wolverine trailer um break it down a little bit i know i'm a whole week late <laughs> but you know i know i gotta have some you know wise insight to the trailer and the breakdown of it so you know hopefully you guys will still give that a chance even though i know you probably listened to many other breakdowns already but also i just wanted to just go over also the fantastic forecasting real quick i know i did um release the episode bonus episode last week on valentine's day just um discussing the cast so i just wanted to discuss like plot and everything so we don't know you know that many details surrounding the movie but we do have some and just to start off um today's episode i want to discuss actually the 2024 BAFTA awards they were um just held on sunday the 18th and as we know ugh, this is sniffling i'm sorry guys I'm, I'm like get this under control but you we know that battle awards is where they honor the best national and foreign films 2023 in london and it was held like i said on the 18th and i just wanted to go over the winners real quick because usually whoever wins the BAFTA also has a higher chance of winning the oscar there's definitely a crossover with some of the members of both academies but like i said before the award season can be like unpredictable at times and like an actor or actress or a film can win the golden globe and a Critics choice award but you know if they don't win a BAFTA then they're probably not gonna win the Oscar. I actually have like a great example of this. No I'm still a little salty about this but during last year at the Oscars Jamie Lee Curtis won for best supporting actress for everything everywhere all at once over Angela Bassett um who was nominated also for Black Panther Wakanda forever. Now in the beginning of the award season we also we know that the Golden Globes basically kicks off the award season. So Angela won the Golden Globe and the Critics Choice Award for Black Panther but then Jamie Lee won the Screen Actors Guild in BAFTA. Now, listen, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. She's literally one of my favorite actresses. Like, you know, anyone knows me knows that Halloween is one of my favorite movies. She's literally like the screen queen, the ultimate screen queen. But I just felt that Angela definitely showed one for Black Panther. Not to say that Jamie Lee Curtis' performance in Everything Everywhere All At Once was bad. It wasn't. She deserved to get nominated, but I don't think she deserved to win. And I mean, Angela's performance in Wakanda Forever, you just have to think about, I think that movie is very underrated because I really enjoy Wakanda Forever. 
Right. You have to think that Ryan Cooler already had the script and everything before Chadwick Boseman passed away, tragedy. And he had to rewrite everything because, of course, Chadwick Boseman is like the main character. And I just, it just took so much effort for them to still create a great movie still, even after, like, all those issues that they ran into. And I just, like, hats off for them for that because the movie was still really good to me. It's one of, it was that Phase 4, right? It's one of the, my favorite movies about Phase 4, to be honest. I think it'd be my favorite one. Kind of a lot of people say, like, No Way Home is their favorite, but it's kind of forever for me. But like I said, Angela's performance with Wakanda Forever was definitely, like, one of the highlights of the film. It was heartbreaking but brilliant. And we as an audience, well, I'm sorry, I can't speak for everyone. I apologize for that. But I felt the pain she was going through with her performance. But, you know, I'll leave that discussion alone. But, sorry, I'm getting away from the point. But usually whoever wins at the BAFTAs is also going to most likely win at the Oscars. There's definitely, like I said, a crossover. But, you know, I just wanted to discuss the winners real quick. And then we can get to the Deadpool and we'll read the trailer finally. But Robert Downey Jr. won for Best Supporting Actor for Oppenheimer. Yay! <laughs> I'm willing to bet that Oscar is, is his. Like, he won the Golden Globe, the Critics' Choice Award, and now the BAFTA. And we still do have the SAG Awards next weekend on the 24th, but I'm positive that he will win that too. And it's just it's just amazing how he's sweeping all these awards. Like, this dude really has a comeback, a comeback of a lifetime, man. I was just, <laughs> just watching Chopping Gunner the other day. Like, that literally, I don't care what no one says. That's literally one of my favorite movies, aside from favorite comics, one of my favorite movies ever. And he, it's just shows how amazing of an actor he is. It's just, I love Robert Downey Jr. And I think he deserves all of this. I'm so happy for him. But we also have leading actress that went to Emma Stone for four things. And I'm, I'm at least glad Margot Robbie was nominated for this award ceremony. Because she you knows she's not nominated for Best Actress for the Oscars. But like I said, Emma Stone's performance was amazing and boring. So I'm not shocked that she won. But also, Killian Murphy won for Best Leading Actor for Oppenheimer. And I, I was kind of, um, you know, I was wondering if it was like, it was going to be between him or Paul Giamatti. But I still think it's a tight race between the both of them. And I don't know. I feel like either one can win the Oscar. Most likely maybe Killian, but you never, like I said, award season is unpredictable. You never know. Paul Giamatti might win. But I'm also, I'll, I'm happy with that too, definitely. I love Paul Giamatti. But we have the E.E. Rising Star Award, which is specifically is voted by the public and it's awarded by the BAFTAs and it honors young acting talent who have demonstrated ex exceptional talent and ambition and, you know, has captured the imagination of people. That's, that's, that's their ambition. But people like Tom Holland has one, Roll Poulter, John Boyega. So yeah, a lot of, you know, of big names now have won the award before when they were first starting off. But this year's winner is actually Mia McKenna-Bruce. She stars in the critically praised movie How to Have Sex, and she also, I don't know, she also starred in the movie The Fourth Kind, and let me just tell you guys, The Fourth Kind is one of the scariest movies I've seen in my life. I only saw it one time when I was younger, as um, uh, my siblings and I, because we love watching movies, and, and we also just, we didn't care what genre was, we just watch any type of movie they were like okay let's do a little scary movie i know a lot of people might think this is not really horror it might be more sci-fi because it's about aliens and i really they said i don't think it's based on true story i don't know if that was the whole gimmick of the movie because it looked like they had real footage too but that movie scared <laughs> it scared the crap out of us and after we had to like watch like five episodes of south park just to be able to go to sleep but i'm happy for her that you know she is a rising star award hopefully we'll see more from her and also for best director we have christopher nolan for oppenheimer yay i think yeah Christopher is definitely winning the Oscar too. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'm trying. I don't think anyone else. I really think yeah, it'll be Christopher. But for best makeup and hair, so Poor Things actually has been sweeping this award. It was like it's Oscar Poor Things won a lot of stuff on board the Bathos this year. But for best makeup and hair goes to Poor Things. For best costume design also goes to Poor Things. Best outstanding British film also goes to Zone of Interest. Best British short animation goes to Crab Day. Best British short film goes to Jellyfish and Lobster. And best production design also goes to Poor Things. And you know I want Barbie to win because I love that production designer barbie who truly feels like barbie
Barbie dream house. But I can't lie, that production design board thing is really amazing too. Uh, so I, I definitely kind of understand board things winning that. But also best sound goes to the zone of interest. Best original score goes to Oppenheimer. And then we have best documentary that goes to 20 Days in Maribel. And best supporting actress also goes to Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. And she's, yeah, she's definitely winning that Oscar too for best supporting actress. I think to be honest, her really, her only competition was Emily Ball for Oppenheimer. But like Robert Downey Jr., she has been sweeping the awards. So I, that, that Oscar is in the bag for her. And I'm so happy for her as well too. Best adapted screenplay also goes to American Fiction. Best cinematography goes to Oppenheimer. Best editing also goes to Oppenheimer. Best casting also goes to The Holdovers. And best film, not in the English language, also goes to The Zone of Interest. Best outstanding debut by a British writer, director, or producer goes to Earth Mama. And best animated film goes to The Boy and the Heron. And I'm a little bummed that I watched The Cybers did win. But like I said, I heard Boy and the Heron is amazing. I need to go watch that soon. Though it's um so yeah, I deserve it too. Best uh, sorry, best special visual effects. Sorry guys, you know I was making excuse last money, but it's not. It's Tuesday, so I, I can't even make an excuse. <laughs> but best vis special visual effects will support things. Best original original screenplay goes to Anatomy of Falls, Justine Tourette, and we have best film that goes to Oppenheimer, which yeah, Oppenheimer is definitely winning best film in the Oscars too. I really don't see any other film. Maybe maybe poor things, but like I really doubt that Oppenheimer is taking it. And sorry, best fellowship also went to um actress Samantha Morton. And Oppenheimer is actually the big winner of the BAFTA this year. Is also won seven BAFTAs. But you know we have two more award ceremonies to go, which are the SAG Awards and the Oscars. You know I do hope that Barbie will at least get recognized because it didn't win any. It hasn't really won any awards. And I do believe that it is a good movie. And like and I can tell everyone who worked on the film were really passionate about the material and it is reflecting the overall movie. But like I said, I understand that you know Barbie. Barbie was good, but it was just better films that were out. And you can't deny that those other films were, you know, bad and Barbie deserved it all. I can understand why, you know, maybe Barbie's losing out. But I do think they deserve at least something, like production design or maybe makeup or something, or costume or something. But I just, like I said, I think there's better films overall. But we'll see. The Oscars are maybe for March 10th? It's always on a Sunday, so if March 10th is a Sunday, that's when the Oscars are. But, okay, guys, now let's get into the Deadpool trailer. Deadpool, sorry, Deadpool and Wolverine trailer. So, we finally have the Deadpool Wolverine trailer and it looks marvelous. It looks amazing. <laughs> it has been a long time coming since the second one in 2018 but we finally see this long awaited masterpiece and it's releasing six days after my birthday, July 26th. So that would be an awesome birthday gift for myself. And as we know, the movie stars Ryan Reynolds as Wade Wilson Devil <laughs> and also Hugh Jackman returning as Wolverine who also we know last appeared in 2017 Logan and we just never thought we would have Hugh Jackman back. But like I said, I think his friendship with Ryan Reynolds definitely plays a part of why he came back. Um, him and Ryan Reynolds are great friends. So I definitely think like, you know, he's doing this for the fans, of course, but also, you know, on just on the back that him and Ryan have this genuine relationship outside of the workplace. But I'm, I'm just happy that he's back. And Sean Levy is also the director for this movie, and he and Ryan definitely have a good work relationship with movies like Free Guy and Adam Project 2. And I this, I think Sean Le Levy um directed Big Fat Liar, if I'm not mistaken. And this, I just thought that was funny because that was one of my favorite movies growing up. But I've been excited for this movie for years, and you know, Ryan Reynolds is definitely someone who has a passion for Deadpool character, and he just wants to make sure that Deadpool stays true to the source material. And it's crazy to think that this movie would never happen if the test footage wasn't leaked like years ago, because they kept shooting down the movie. But you know, not to say Ryan Reynolds leaked it, but you probably know 
movie a day. But, you know, since the test footage for the movie was leaked, that's when people were actually interested and was like, no, make this movie. And that's how we got Deadpool. So I'm happy about that. But this trailer did release during the Super Bowl and it's actually the most watched movie trailer of all time. I feel like every new movie comes out is always like the most watched trailer. But this time, this trailer scored like 355 million views. So it beat Spider-Man No Way Home, which was second place with 355.5 million views. And Avengers Endgame, which had 268 million views. But the very beginning of this trailer at first, I'm not gonna lie, it felt a little weird to me. I don't know, I guess the tone just felt different and I know it's Marvel Disney. But it's just, it starts with Wade at his birthday party surrounded by his friends and family. We see Yu-Gi-Oh! We see um, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, um, Colossus, Blind Al, Vanessa, Dopinder, and even some of the members from the X-Force team, which includes Shadowstar and Rob Dylan coming back as Peter. That's his name, right, Peter? So I did see Domino in there, played by Jazzy Beats and like other remaining members of the X-Force, like Terry Crews and like Bill Skarsgård. But I don't know, maybe there's just conflict um, just with their work schedule. So hopefully, maybe, you know, we'll see them in the movie somehow. They just probably weren't shown in the trailer. But I know a lot of people are confused on why Shadowstar and Peter are there because they're supposed to be dead, like the other members of the X-Force. However, if you remember, the end credit scene for Deadpool 2 shows Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Yu-Gi-Oh facing the time machine watch used by Cable and Wade taking it to travel through, travel through time-fixing timelines. Like, he saves Vanessa from dying, so she's alive now. That's why we see her in the party. He also saves the member of X-Force from being killed, so that's why we see, you know, Peter and Shadowstar. And he also kills himself, Ryan Reynolds, while he's riding the stripper Green Lantern, and also kills his Weapon 11 form from the 2009 X-Men Origins Wolverine movie. So that's why all those characters are there, because he, um, fixed the timeline. But since he did do this and changed so many areas of the timeline, that causes the TVA to visit him and take him away from his party. So at first, I say at the beginning of the trailer, it felt weird because at the party, I don't know. I feel like everyone looked too happy. Like, it was a wholesome moment seeing Wade be surrounded by all his loved ones because in the first example, this man was diagnosed with cancer and was going to die. You know, deep down, he always wanted a family, but I just felt like everyone looked a little too jolly. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm too pessimistic. But everyone looked too jolly and it made it seem kind of feel fake almost. He even says when he's blowing out his candles that it's been a rough couple of years. And I am curious to how many years later this movie takes place because it's been six years later um, since the second Deadpool movie, 2018. So I don't know if they're following that exact timeline or it's been longer or even shorter. But I just wonder why it's been a rough couple of years. Like, what's wrong with Wade? Um, There's a short clip of him and Vanessa as well that kind of looks awkward. And it looks like kind of that they're only friends, not together romantically anymore. I mean, she even calls him Buddy, which I can be looking too deep into this. But I don't know. Something just doesn't feel genuine. But like I said, Wade is found by the TVA Minutemen with their pruning sticks. And just a quick background on the TVA, it stands for the Time Variance Authority. And these are for people who haven't watched Loki, but if you watch Loki, you really should. If you haven't watched Loki, uh, yeah, I'm spoiling a little bit of that. So if you still want to watch it, just get a few minutes. But as we know, TVA stands for Time Variance Authority. And it's a group of timeline monitors tasked with preventing certain timelines that are deemed too dangerous to the universe from existing. Now, we see in Loki, the TVA captures Loki because the 2012 Avengers version in Endgame steals the Tesseract after the Battle of New York, which wasn't supposed to happen. He was supposed to be taken back to Asgard with Thor and, you know, dies later in Infinity War. But instead, he escapes with the, the Tesseract and the TVA Minuteman capture him, bringing him to the TVA. And, you know, that's how the show Loki starts. 
Now, the TVA, they manage the timelines and make sure everything happens when and where it's supposed to. And if something doesn't happen properly, it could create a branch timeline, which creates a nexus event. And a nexus event just means that, you know, it's a point, it's like of something that's not supposed to happen. And it creates, like I said, it creates a branch timeline. So let's say, you know, someone's goals is supposed to go right, <laughs> but say they go left. Something as small as that, it could be something so small and the TVA will come because it can, something as small as that, literally can start a nexus event so it's like when uh, it's a point in time when new timelines emerge from the sacred timeline so it's the tva's duty to prevent any branch timelines or nexus events so when loki did that he was on great branch timeline so they had to capture him real quick and stop him so the tva at first is thought to be operated by the timekeepers but we find out in loki that you know um he who remains the king variant actually created the tva you know draw the major's character and you know we won't get much in that because you know he's not king anymore but <laughs> he selected earth 616 the MCU Earth as the Prime Universe calling it a sacred timeline. Now the TVA agents protecting this timeline by any by and they do this by any means possible by using their weapons 26 and that banishes any branching timelines or people who do anything that might break away from that sacred timeline. And that is the main reason why the TVA I think wants Deadpool. By traveling back and fixing some incidents he probably caused like I said Nexus event. But also if you watch Loki at the end the show like Loki replaces he who remains and destroys the temporal room which is the designed as a fail-safe system designed to only protect the sacred timeline and the event of controllable branches. So let's say if there's so many other timelines besides the sacred timeline, besides the Earth 616, that means all those timelines, all those people on those timelines are completely dead. They get killed. So instead, so Loki decides that, you know, he's going to become his own loom. So, and he does that by weaving the dreads of time in his own loom and becoming the god of stories overseeing the timeline as well. But however, you know, I know he creates the tree known as the tree of the world but i i have a problem pronouncing that and i'm not gonna mess it up so <laughs> but y'all know if y'all know y'all know what i'm talking about i'm not even gonna try yurgisel see nope i'm not even gonna do it <laughs> but y'all know what i'm talking about but loki is now is overseeing all the timelines and is a god of stories however the members that we are introduced to in devil look different from the Minutemen we are familiar with in loki and these Minutemen they look hostile and it looks like they're ready to prove away at any chance but kind of kind of kind contradicts the end of Loki where they have pruning timelines to try to help them. So that's why I'm kind of confused on when this actually um, movie is taking place because is it taking place before the events of Loki? Because I just don't understand why like you know the TVA is still like just pruning people like that. I thought now it's their job to just help the timelines not to like destroy them. But you know I guess we'll get more information when we see the movie. But like I said they look hostile and they look ready to just prune Wade at any chance. But Wade gets captured by the Minuteman and is brought into the TVA which also looks completely different from the one shown in Loki. The one in Loki has like these bright orange rooms and the TVA we're looking down in this trailer, it looks toned down and neutral. And as far as we know, there's only one TVA. That's what they say. There's only one TVA. There's no multiple versions of the TVA. But we are now in a TVA and we are introduced to a new character, Paradox, played by Matthew McFadden. And if you know Matthew McFadden, he plays Mr. Darcy. I tried to do an accent there. It was terrible. And he also, of course, played um in Succession as well too. And it appears that he's a like liaison to Devil, like, you know, Mobius was to Loki. But actually in the comics Paradox is a judge and future version of Mobius too and Arboris, who was also in the show Loki and that's his clone. So I'm interested to see if they're going to stay true to this in Devil or he'll just have another backstory but most likely he's still the villain because Paradox is a villain. But Paradox tells Ray that he is special and he is needed to fix um the universe and they break the fourth wall in the biggest way possible by showing Wade and us different, all different scenes from the MCU. Like we have scenes from 
from Ragnarok. We have scenes from Avengers Age of Ultron and even Captain America Winter Soldier. And they're playing on these screens, all these bunch of these little screens um, behind um, Wade. So it, it looks like Wade's going to clean up the MCU timeline and save it. And he even calls himself Marvel Jesus, which is hilarious. I mean, you know, everyone is saying that Deadpool is going to be the one to save the MCU. You know, because the last few movies have not done well in the box office and it has left a bad taste for fans, you know. We have the Marvels, which the Marvels actually wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't the worst movie ever. It had a few issues, but that definitely wasn't a bad movie. But, you know, it did perform well. I think it's also the lowest rating um, MCU movie ever. And, you know, we had Quantumania, which did bad. You know, we had the Door Love and Dunder, which did bad. Guardians did bad. But Guardians, did, no, sorry. Guardians did not do bad. It did really well. Actually, I think it was the fourth all-seeing movie of 2023. But Guardians is definitely in its own league. Like, I feel like in Deadpool, it's just like Guardians just have their own fans that like kind of separate from the MCU. And it's like they have their own stories. So I think that's why it did so well. But it's not like regular MCU. Like, you know how like Dora or like Marvel is. The Marvel was. Or Ant-Man. But I don't, I don't think one person can fix the MCU. I think Deadpool is amazing. It won the, it has one of the um, better MCU movies. But it takes more than one movie to change how these movies are created. Deadpool could be great. But then the next movie after in the face could be terrible. And that just, you know, makes the whole MCU like bad again. Now I'm saying I think it takes like just more than one movie to do that. But for now it looks like it's Wade's mission to save the MCU. And we finally see him again in the Deadpool suit. And Ryan Reynolds was made to play Deadpool. Just like RDJ is meant for Iron Man, Ryan is definitely meant for Deadpool. Like I truly can't see anyone else playing that character. But one of the craziest shots that we see in this trailer is Deadpool actually in the void, which is a point at the end of time used to place everything that's pruned by a TVA. So if you're pruned by a TVA, anything, any person, you're gonna be stuck in this void. And we also get a quick glance of Eliath, known as um the Supreme Time Being, who we also see in Loki as well. I believe it's purple. I believe it's purple. <laughs> but correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a purple cloud of um wrath which engulfs and consumes everything in his path across dimensions. So we see Eliath, you know, doing that to Minuteman too <laughs> in um the trailer. But in the void, we also that's not even the biggest thing we see in this void. In this void, we see the 20th Fox Century logo almost buried behind Devil. And there's so many theories that people are forming from this. One of these theories is that Deadpool is going to be many characters of the X-Men, well, the Fox Universe X-Men, or any other, um, you know, Marvel characters who were owned by Fox. And these characters were most likely pruned by the TVA. And it's basically probably to just fix the timelines to create the, you know, the MCU version of X-Men and, like, you know, the Fantastic Four. But it's a funny way to display how Disney now owns, like, you know, the X-Men Fantastic Four. So I do believe that they're going to get, we're going to get a lot of cameos from past members of the Fox Marvel franchise. It would be also funny if we saw Chris Evans back as Johnny Storm because he also made a cameo in Free Guy which was also starring Ryan Reynolds directed by Sean um, Levy. So I think that would be hilarious if he makes a quick little cameo. But I do believe that we are getting a version of the Multiverse of Madness in this movie. The proper one. <laughs> we are already shown, we're even shown one of the characters from the X-Men, um, Fox X-Men franchise, Pyro. He was in X2. He was also in X-Men The Last Stand and he was played by Aaron Stanford. And he's and still Aaron Stanford but now in a more comical, um, accurate costume which was which is faded red and mustard around red goggles. I know Pyro was in the first X-Men, but that's not the same actor. I don't know who that actor name is, so I'm just going with Aaron Stanford. So that's the person they chose to, you know, bring back because that's the Pyro we know. But you know, Deadpool could be helping clean up the timeline, but also in the trailer, he's killing the TVA Minuteman in the void. So I don't know, like, if he might just want to save, maybe he wants to save all the people he sees room and left there, and maybe he just maybe goes against the TVA um, after, you know, figuring out, like, their plan. But there are also other Easter eggs showing the void as well besides the Fox logo. And we see in a way back in the trailer, if you look, there's an engine of the helicarrier. There's also a 
Fallen Tree and Chuck that looks very similar to the burial site where Wolverine was killed in Logan. It looks like the tree where X-24 impels Logan near the Canadian barrier. It looks like the same tree and also the same Chuck that was there. So it could be a reason why Deadpool is murdering the TVA Minutemen as well. I mean, we know, like I said, Paradox is also a villain in the comics. So he definitely does have material motives. But, you know, I, I am curious because if we see, like, you know, Logan's burial site and we know Wolverine's going to be in it, I, I don't know if, like, you know, Wade might be trying to save Wolverine or, you know, wants to know more about himself because Wolverine and Deadpool basically they have the same powers. Like, um, the regenerative, regenerative, ah, regenerative powers. <laughs> Sorry. And that's a tongue twister. And I think, if I believe, I think, you know, Deadpool got his powers from Wolverine. So, I am curious to see, like, what is the part, you know, factor in that. But Deadpool most likely just finds out the original plans of TVA and just goes against them. You know, it's Deadpool. He's an anti-hero, you know? He's not gonna follow all the rules. But other Easter eggs we see in the movie is Deadpool seeing all Hulk fed, the giant jawbone that he has to car from Dora Ragnarok. We also see him in Madripoor where we see a back of someone at the poker table who looks similar to Wolverine. We also might be getting a cameo from Gambit. And I know there's, there, well, Taylor Hitch played Gambit, but also Channing Tatum was supposed to play Gambit, so I don't know if it's either one of them. But like Channing Tatum has been also in Sean Levy, um, in Sean Levy movie Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds, so I think they might just get Channing to play Gambit and just, you know, be, be a variant there. But we do see, like I said, the back of someone, back of someone at the poker table who looks similar to Wolverine and their hair is similar but sorry guys um so my brother actually just got back so i have to take a quick break because you know something happened with his school but i mean you know these kids never have school nowadays let me just take a quick break and i'll be right back Thank hey guys sorry about that but i'm back so like i said you know there is a clip in the trailer where it looks like Deadpool is in madripoor and we do like i said we see the back of a person who has a similar hairstyle as wolverine he has a white suit on but i do not think that's um hugh jackman's wolverine just a frame looks smaller than Hugh Jackman and I believe it's just a misdirect and it's someone else. Everyone is saying that it's Taron um, Egerton and I think he because he might be in a new MCU Wolverine but I think most likely it's going to be him but I'm not sure but it's definitely not Hugh Jackman. I know a lot of people were saying Daniel Radcliffe too but I doubt Daniel Radcliffe but um, at the very last shot of the trailer we see a shadow Wolverine walking up on Deadpool while he's laying on the ground and also not to mention there's a Jonathan Hickman Secret Wars comic on the left side of him but you know we Secret Wars is coming out soon after Kane Avengers Kane Dynasty which I don't even know if they're doing Kane Dynasty anymore because Jonathan Majors is not Kane so I don't know about all of that but we do know that Secret Wars is still happening and there's going to be a lot of people coming back to that movie as well so I think that was just a cool little Easter egg but we see both their silhouettes line up and Deadpool and he and Wolverine brings out those dogs and in the last very second we get a quick shot of the comic accurate yellow blue and black suit and it just looks glorious I'm just so happy that you know we're finally getting this movie and like i said ryan reynolds knows his material and has a passion for what he's doing and i just think this is gonna be a fun incredible ride and i'm complaining that we only get a snippet of the suit i expected that we all know wolverine is in this and why not save the full shot for later this is the only first trailer that we um we have right now and we'll probably get more later um closer to the movie's release date but devil 3 is definitely my most anticipated movie of the year i know before that i said i just wanted a fun adventure with just him and wolverine but like i said i have faith in ryan reynolds and i know it's gonna just he's gonna deliver a great movie but we have so we have the trailer for devil and i'm excited and just real quick i know that i discussed the cast for fantastic four on wednesday but i just wanted to you know just break down a little bit more of what we know about this movie so you know it's confirmed that this movie would take place in the 60s there's a time machine there's a time magazine that the thing is reading from december 1963 therefore confirming the time 
timeline, but also in the multiverse. Sorry, mom was on me, guys. I had this. I just thought I'd text you, okay? Because I'm just trying, you know, get this done. But um, also in the multiverse of madness, Doctor Strange um makes a joke out of Fantastic Four charted in the 60s. And I don't think so. The outfits that we see in the picture that Marvel presented, I don't think those are their real costumes because yes, um, you know, Pedro Pascal and Vanessa Kirby, it's kind of like they're in like a version of Fantastic Four costume, but I don't think that's the official one. And also, um, Joseph Wynn and Evan Moss, Backrat, they just they're just in you know regular shirts and jeans, blue shirts and jeans. So I don't think that's their official costumes. But we also have um, mom just. Hey guys, I just want to say I truly apologize for the interruptions I had to answer my mom's call. But let's just finish this episode for you. So like I said, the you know the Fantastic Four is most likely going to be shot in the sixties because we see things in a Time magazine that's from nineteen sixty three. And you know another thing that was popular in the sixties, and we also see. Um, Evan Moss Backrat who's playing the thing and also I apologize Evan Moss Backrat is from the bear as well and he actually won you know an Emmy at Golden Globe I know I did like I mentioned his name but I didn't mention what other things he was in but I totally forgot I apologize about that but we see him in the picture that's shown to us by Marvel we see him in you know his thing form but also in the background we see him in an astronaut suit and just a picture of his human form so I do believe you know the space race was between the 50s and ended in 1975 well it started in 1955 and ended in 1975 but it was a big thing in the 60s you know with just the Soviet Union and United States and space so I do believe the space race is going to be a big thing in this movie and I also believe that's probably how everyone you know got their powers they um, probably you know took a trip up to space and you know got lost in the negative zone I, I so I don't know if this is going to be an origin story if they're gonna do it like the past two Fantastic Four franchises but you know we'll see but it's also rumored that this is not set in the main MCU timeline and it's actually the Fantastic Four they're in a parallel earth and they're just the only superheroes because you know they're like the first family the first superhero family so I think in their timeline there's just there's no Avengers you know there's no Deadpool or anything it's just them and then and when the Secret Wars comes maybe they'll be brought back into the MCU timeline or even in the end of their movie their Fantastic Four movie they might be brought back to the MCU timeline but we also see Joseph Quinn also has blonde hair in this I know a lot of people were saying they didn't want him as Johnny Storm but if I'm being honest I don't know who else I would want I was thinking I know a lot of people said Zac Efron but I think Zac Efron's older now they want someone younger and I don't know maybe I was thinking Jeremy Allen White too but like Joseph Quinn's you know he's he I feel like he's a good choice like I really can't really think of anyone else at the moment but I think all the choices are good Pedro like yeah that was a surprise to me but I like Pedro Pascal as an actor and you know he's a good actor and I'm pretty sure like they saw something in him that was meant to be Reed Richards so I think he'll do I think everyone will do a great job but I also want I know I also in the other bonus episode I said they have a robot and I I'm so sorry it's Herbie the robot which stands for highly engineered robot built for interdimensional exploration and he's also a big part of Fantastic Four comics comics he was a robot possessing he's a robot possessing advanced artificial intelligence and he was also designed and built by um Reed Richards and he was also created to hunt Galactus so uh, he does remain an ally of the team and works with them and um do their adventures so we'll get our first introduction to him because I, I 
highly doubt, I don't believe he was in the other Fantastic Four movies. So it's great that, you know, we get an introduction of a character that has been, you know, part of the Fantastic Four comics. But that's it for today's episode, guys. I want to thank you for bearing me for my sniffling nose and the interruptions. I am seeing him out of web later today. I'll have an episode on that later this week. And I just hope all you guys have a great week. And I hope you guys all stay amazing. And I'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye.